Alexa, are you there? Yes, I'm listening, Bill. I ask a question, Alexa, are you listening? And she answered, because she's always listening, listening for my voice. How many here have Alexa at home? Okay, good number, good number. I've never, at my house, I live so far out that we don't have cable, we don't have Wi-Fi, no, no Alexa, no, no nothing. I have rabbit ears, and we listen to about, about eight channels, which are none of them any good anyway. So I don't have to. The only frustration is I can only surf like boom, 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 eight, I'm done. One of the biggest irritations women have about men, I just heard this, is surfing. Men surf the channels. You know, they surf, and the women want to They want to watch some dud movie or dud thing on TV, and we're, like, smart enough to go next, 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 next. I got the whole hour program in about five seconds. Oh, that's going to do that. He's going to murder her. He's gonna find, they're going to find a secret. It's over. Let's go to the next one. Bro. But anyway, it really irritates the ladies, according to the latest survey, that men surf like that. My wife and I don't have that problem because we don't have anything to serve. And it's been really a blessing not to have Wi-Fi. And I don't have Alexa and I don't have uh, Siri, which are the two big ones. But uh, I went a few weeks ago. I was up at uh, Todd and Eileen Wiff's house. And by the way, if you're watching, I'm telling on you. So uh, I was at their home in uh, Avon, Colorado. It is an absolutely gorgeous place. They had it built. It is on the side of a mountain overlooking the mountains, uh, almost up at the snow line, almost up at the snow line. And uh, the mountains that you look at are snow covered, at least they were then. And it's unbelievable road to get up there, you know. I mean, you got to go like this to get up to the house. But you get there in the house, it's glass from ceiling to floor, and just a beautiful place. They allowed me and my, my wife and I to stay there for a week. And I appreciated that. I've never stayed in a place that nice. Never. I don't normally stay with people. That's not some habit of my life because I try not to alienate folks. So anyway, but uh, a few weeks ago, they offered it. I said, let's do it. So we went up there and stayed in their home in Avon. It was the first time in our lives we had done that without the people being there now. They weren't there. It was just my wife and I. And we asked um, the Morrises if they'd come. They came for two, three days and stayed with us. And it was really a big time. Uh, it's, it's about you're sleeping at 9,000 feet. Now, I don't know. I have a little, evidently a little lung problem. And so I wasn't real sure how I was going to do it, 9,000 feet. So we stayed in Cannon City, Colorado, which is at 5,000 feet. We stayed there for three days to acclimate, and that helped. Also, I carried oxygen with me 
and that helped. And so up there, they sell oxygen in every store. Every store has these portable oxygen things because they're all skiers and, you know, all these Yankees come from lowland, go up there to ski and pass out and have altitude sickness, which is bad. Altitude sickness, nausea, headaches, breathing problems, and can lead to death if you have some other physical problem. So it's important. So we had oxygen with us and stuff, and we were up there. And then from that 5,000 feet, after three days, we made our way up to the 9,000 feet to sleep. See, it's one thing to go to 10, 12,000. You can go to 12,000 feet in a day, but to sleep there, that's a whole other deal because your body doesn't get to recover uh, while you sleep that high. So he warned me that three of his guests that had stayed up there at the house had had to go to the hospital. Well, that's not something you want to do for your guests, you know. So I didn't want to go to the hospital anyway, so we didn't. We, we did really well. Um, they have deer come right up to the window. It's really quite, quite the place. But while we, were, while we were there, I have the gift of noticing. You know, I notice stuff. I noticed a cylindrical object over on the kitchen table. And uh, it was Alexa. Well, I had heard about Alexa, but I never had been around her. So I began to ask her stuff. Like, uh, Alexa, yes, what's the weather today? She'd tell me the weather. I'd say, yeah, Alexa, what's the altitude where I'm at? She'd tell me the altitude. Alexa, when is Rocky Mountain National Park open? She'd tell you the information you wanted to know most of the time. Alexa, who is your favorite preacher? And she said, Pastor Lytell, he will knock your socks off. <laughs> I am internationally the favorite preacher of Alexa. Actually, the Wiss taught Alexa to say that. Because you can teach her. She'll say basically what you, wanted, what you want her to say on some of that stuff. And so I thought that was a hoot. Alexa, tell me your favorite preacher, Pastor Lytell. He'll knock your socks off. I thought, that is one smart girl. So uh, we had a big old time with that. Uh, and she can be taught, unlike most women. But anyway, <laughs> the crazy thing about it, and what I'm trying to get at here, after insulting the ladies, and you know I love you, uh, the crazy thing is she's always listening, 24-7. Anywhere in the house, you say, hey, Alexa, if you could hear her, she would answer you back almost anywhere in the house. It hit me. It hit me. A still small voice as if seemed to speak to me and say, I'm listening. I'm listening. Alexa's not new. It's not new. I talked about this subject a few times in the fairly recent past. I'm going to do it one more time. I believe this is very similar to what God does 
According to the Bible, God is listening and recording everything you say. Everything you say. All you whisper in secret parts of your life, God is recording. Maybe the most impacting thing about that fact, and it is a fact, by the way, is that someday we're going to be judged for those things which we have said. The good, the bad, and the ugly. The sweet, the praise, and the wonderful. But you will see them, according to Jesus, you'll see that again. Nevertheless, I don't know about you, but that's sobering to me. That's so sobering. So sobering. So serious. So wow. Uh, especially if you don't know God's listening. And tonight, if you're here and do not know it was a biblical fact that you'll be judged for every word as you speak, you're in for a good night because it's going to help you. Because God forbid you don't know that. Because if you think no one is listening, guess what? You'll say things. If you think no one's going to judge you for the things you're talking about, you'll say things you shouldn't say. Hey, we're all the same. There's no, there's no uh, angelic people in this room. We talk bad about each other when the other person's not there. That's one of the main things we do. We have the tongue of asps. Two-edged sword. As uh, soon as uh, tomorrow walks out of the room, we talk bad about him. And so, let me read you some proof texts on this. This is something you definitely need to nail. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 36, 37. But I say to you, this is Jesus' word, that every idle word, and that means really a purposeless word, right? A word that's not necessarily thought through. Every idle word that a man shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. And this is amazing. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Uh, Luke chapter 12, verse 2 and 3, Jesus' words again, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid, that shall not be known. I don't think much interpretation needs to be put on that. Therefore, whatsoever ye have spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light, and that which ye have spoken in the ear in closets, ye whispered, shall be proclaimed on the housetops. Mamma mia. Makes you want to flee to the blood for forgiveness, doesn't it? You shouldn't really be surprised by the reality of this. Because even in the Old Testament, it agrees with what Jesus taught in the New Testament, and the Bible does agree with itself. In Psalm chapter 90, verse 8, it says, Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins in the light of thy countenance. 
Jeremiah chapter 23, 24. Chapter 23, verse 24. Can any hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him, saith the Lord? Do not I fill heaven and earth, saith the Lord? Psalm 139, 11, 12. If I say, you got it right? If I say darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be a light about me. God knew about night vision long before the military ever, ever even dreamt you could see at night. Most of the military now fight at night because of their advanced night vision. They like to fight at night because not all our enemies have good night vision. And our helicopters go up with night vision and they do most of their work at night, not in the daytime. And that's fairly new since night vision was discovered. But we knew animals, as a veterinarian, we knew animals had the ability to see at night. And that kind of tweaked them, I'm sure. Uh, deer evidently can see at night. And there's other animals that have their retina, their pupil, gets real big at night. Owls, their whole eye turns, opens up. In the daytime, an owl, their pupil's kind of down. But if you ever seen an owl at night, all, it's just wide open. And an owl can fly at night, so they've been able to see at night. This is not new information. The Bible, science agrees with the Bible because the Bible's true. And true science agrees with the Word of God. And so, in, uh, he says, uh, the darkness and the light are both alike unto thee. Again, going back to the New Testament, Matthew chapter 6, verse 4, he says, thine alms, may, thine alms may be in secret, and thy father, and this is the part I wanted to emphasize, thy father which seeth in secret, himself shall reward thee openly. Again, in verse 6, when thou prayest, enter into the closet, when thou shut the door, pray to the father which is in secret. And here's the key. And thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Again, in verse 18 of chapter 6 of Matthew, thou, that thou not appear unto men to fast, but unto the Father which is in secret. And thy Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. So whether you pray or whether you fast or whatever you do, he says, listen, uh, you need to do it where, where it's a legitimate deal, not for the glory of man. I don't believe in big public oratorical prayers. I think you ought to do them at home. Do them when nobody's around. Don't try to impress me on how you pray. Impress God. If you impress me, it gets you nothing. You impress God, it gets you something. You with me on that? Impress God on your, on your ability to intercede and your vocabulary. That's who you want to impress. <coughs> He that seeth in secret will reward you openly. By the way, I do not have anything that's contagious, so if I went and shook your hand, don't worry about it. Famous last words, by the way. But you know, this truth I've brought out does not have to be bad. I know that we think about the bad things you've said about a lot of areas, 
and we think, oh, my, 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 I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. No doubt. But when you realize it's true to when it gets into your head, in your heart, reverse it. Reverse it. Um, once I knew Alexa was in the house, I was a little more careful what I yelled at Kathy about. I, I, quit, I quit using any adjectives when I refer to her. Hey, old woman, come here. No, I quit that. I said, woman, come here. Now, you know I don't do that, and I don't go home and say that. I think if God records everything we say, that we can say a lot of good stuff, and it'll come back on us. That's a good thing. And, and it's, I mean, I wish I could call back stupid, sinful things I've spoken. You know, God forbid. I have said some mean stuff, some wicked stuff, mean stuff, vile stuff. Now, you know, our sin will be brought under the blood. But we're talking here our works, Okay. So there's a difference between there. We're going to be judged for the works we've done in the body, whether they be good or bad. You're not going to be judged for your sins. There's a difference. The sins are under the blood. But what you did with the lights you had is going to someday come to us in a judgment seat of Christ, a bema seat of Christ. I wish I could call things back. But it is a comfort to know that the blood of Christ, God's Son, hath cleansed me from all sin. That... Uh, the, the, the judgment that I'm facing are for my works, opportunity I've had and what I've done with it. But our words can help us in that day. I think if we get this real good and, and we, we put it down, we get it in our head, wrap our mind around it, we can begin to purposefully speak good things about your preacher. Let's start there. Start speaking good things about the preacher. Why not? Instead of going home and saying, man, he was long today. You're going to hear it again. You say, man, I didn't get enough of him. I wish I could have heard more preaching today. I love the Bible. Now, I'm not telling you to lie. What I'm telling you, whatever you say is coming back. Speak good things. Say uplifting things about people. Look for the good. And praise it. That's a good phrase. Look for the good in folks. You know, especially people who irritate you. You got people who irritate you. Sometimes personalities don't really match real good, you know. You have the aggressive person and the passive person. And sometimes the passive person is more egotistical than the aggressive person. They're egotistical about being humble, about being quiet, about not saying much. An aggressive person, he just don't care. He just talks about everything. So you got so don't 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 make out like the quiet person is the is the wonderful one and the aggressive person's the mean one. The aggressive person just shows it all. The quiet person thinks it all and maybe does other stuff that's similar. But nevertheless, personalities sometimes they want to go like this. I have to I would lie to you if there weren't people that I wasn't real keen about being around. I, I, 
it just, they just maybe bothered me a little bit, you know. It wasn't comfortable for me to be around. Now, don't say, no wonder he's never asked me. Now, don't do that. But the point being, I want to look for good in those people. Amen? Lift them up. Lift them up. I think we should speak the gospel everywhere all the time. Jesus died. Jesus loves you. God loves you. The Bible's true. It's, you know, you need Christ. Encourage those uh, around you to come to church. I believe, and I've seen it to be fact, having been around long enough now, that if somebody will subject themselves to an old-time, fundamental, Bible-believing preaching for very long, most of those people will get saved. My mother-in-law was a heathen. She didn't go to church. She didn't like church. She didn't like Christianity. She wouldn't listen to me, give her the gospel hardly. She was tough. 80-year-old woman came to my house, needed a place to stay. I gave her a place to stay. She said, because you gave me a place, I will come to church. My, my, my antennas went up. You'll come to church? She said, I'll make you a deal. You keep me? Because she ran out of money. She was getting 600 a month, couldn't live on it. She said, you keep me, and I will come to church. I said, that's a deal. I mean, we didn't shake hands on it, but we made a deal. And I thought to myself, if she'll come to church, I wonder if she really will. Every Sunday morning, my wife's here tonight. <clears throat> Every Sunday morning, your mama would get her fancy stuff on and do her makeup, do her hair. And when we got in, the, when she heard the truck alarm be unlocked or something, she'd come out that door and get in the back seat of the truck and come to church. She sat right back there on the last row. Uh, back in there in front of the window. I remember seeing her and uh, looking back at her, and I preached to God. Now, she hadn't been under this kind. She hadn't been under. She didn't know anything. She didn't know the books of the Bible. She didn't know John 3, 6. She didn't know any of that. We're not talking about biblically ignorant. She's really, really biblically ignorant. They drank. She drank and was around people who drank her whole life. She, she smoked for many, many years and around people who smoked her whole life. Um. How in the world, doctor, you lived to 80 years old like that? I don't have a clue. No lung cancer, no nothing. I'd go in a room where they were at, and it was solid smoke. Her husband smoked, she smoked, and it was solid smoke. I'd walk in the room, you'd about had to do this to see. No lung cancer, no cancer. No, I'm not going to start smoking. Okay, so she... Uh, about three months or so, four months, maybe even five months into my preaching, you know, I give an invitation, usually at the end of service, give an invitation. If you want to make a decision for Christ. One time I gave a decision, I used to do more than I do now about raising your hand. I saw her raise her little hand back there. Or make a decision for Christ. I said, what? What? I called her Granny, and I said, uh, so Granny, eventually, Granny got saved. Trusted Christ your Savior. That's a miracle beyond the crossing of the Red Sea, folks. It's a bigger miracle than the resurrection of Lazarus. It's a bigger miracle than the ten plagues of Egypt. For an old sinner like that to get saved. It's big. It's huge. It's wow. I mean, I have witnessed 
you can keep all the miracles, but give me salvation, man. That's the one I want to see. She got born from above. She said, she's called me Billy. She said, Billy, would you teach me the books of the Bible? I said, I will. Pretty soon, she couldn't navigate. She said, you go to those verses so fast. She said, I never can go to the Bible. I don't know where anything's at. I said, you'll get it. Pretty soon, one day she came out so proud. She said, Billy, you can't outrun me now. I can find, I can find it anywhere you go at. I can find it. The book of Fish, she knew the 66 books of the Bible. Kathy did Bible study with her on a regular basis. And she stayed with us for three years. So I'm convinced that example and others, and if you'll just allow yourself to be exposed to the gospel, it'll do something. Most of the people get saved. That's why I invite people to church. How powerful is it to go to the Bible? Now we're talking about a Bible-believing, gospel-preaching, old-time, King James Bible Church, people going to get, it's going to do something to you. You're not going to sit under it without something happening. The power of the preaching of the Bible cannot be underestimated. It's by the foolishness of preaching God was pleased to save folks. So anyway, I just want to say that uh, you should invite people, use good words, invite your neighbors, invite your friends, invite your, invite your enemies. Invite people who don't like you, invite your waitresses. Recently, we had a waitress come that we had talked to about Jesus a number of times. And eventually, she said, I'll come. She came. And maybe be here tonight. Who knows? By your words, the Bible said you'll be justified. <clears throat> now, from the day you realize this to the day you die, you can say a lot of good stuff that you're going to face again someday. Whoa. That's going to be good. Amen stand in front of God, Lord Jesus, and that stuff. I don't know how it's going to be done, but however he's going to do it, it'll, it'll be good. And so you can stop saying the bad stuff or at least cut it down. I still say bad stuff. I have to make a confession to you. This old preacher once in a while still loses his temper. Can you believe that? As sweet as I am. Tom, you ever lose your temper? Good. I mean, and I feel I feel brotherhood with you, brother. Once in a while, I do. I lose. I still lose my temper. Can you believe that? Sixty-nine-year-old man, been in the Bible since eighteen years old, and I'm still struggling with the old man. The old man's alive and well. Actually, he's not very well. Someday we're going to shed the old man. And we'll fly away. I may be able to sing. You ready? Alexa, are you listening? Yes, I'm listening, Bill. Turn it down just a little bit. Alexa, are you listening? Yes. I'm listening, Bill. Turn it up. <laughs> Boys, don't go crazy on me. Alexa, are you listening? Yes, I'm listening, Bill. Perfect. Perfect. God, are you listening? Yes, he's listening. 
He's listening. This can help you be a better Christian. That's why he's led me to do it again. Though this is newly prepared, I've never done anything about Alexa before. Probably won't do any more about Alexa. But I can tell you this. Think about it, that God's listening. In fact, even goes past that, he knows the thoughts and the intents of the heart, the Bible says. I've had some bad thoughts. God forbid. I want to have good thoughts. I want to believe people get saved and turn for the Lord. I want to have good thoughts. And the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable unto thee, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. That's what I want. As God knows me, he knows I want that. I quote that to him hundreds and hundreds of times because I'm going to get to hear it again. He said, ooh, you quoted my word. Ain't nothing more, more complimentary of God than to quote his Bible. You compliment him. Well, I hear some of you say, Pastor Lytell said, I go, man, they got something. It's a wonderful thing when God hears us quote his book and he says, ooh, they got it. They got it. It's getting in. They quoted my Bible. They quoted my word. Father, help us tonight. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for the lessons you teach us. Thank you for the truth that you're always there. Forgive us where we sometimes feel you're not there, but you are there. Listen. Help us, oh God. We cry unto the Lord. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, delivereth them out of all their troubles. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you and God bless.